Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. Tonight... Tonight we are answering your questions. We have four questions that listeners wrote in about and we're going to break it down. Hey, welcome back. We're going to get right into this one. Where are we going to start? Well, we have four questions today from listeners who have written in over this last month um, wanting to discuss their lives and wanting us to discuss their lives, which is nice. Happy not to discuss our life. Yeah, it's something (laughs) that we offer to our Blended Life community. So if you guys are listening or you're here for the first time, um, don't forget to subscribe and like and become a part of our channel because we do this from time to time where you guys can write into us anytime and we'll always try to get back to you and um, answer questions. But today we're going to be answering questions uh, that listeners have, right? Listeners yeah. or viewers. And I'm hoping that we can just do this monthly. Yeah. Okay. You know? I like that. So just once a month, you know, take four questions and, and talk about them. So we're just going to jump right in. Okay. So take advantage of that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a theme. Okay. And it's, I wrote it down, but don't look at my paper. I, I can't see your paper from okay. here. Um, so the first question is super short and sweet. This person writes in and says that they are dealing with a bitter ex-wife who does not want children to meet or be around her or their partner. Like, doesn't want the children around that situation. Yeah, it's, it, and that seems to be, like, a not-so-uncommon thing. Very common. Yeah. So she wants to know, should the bio parent, her partner, respect the ex-wife's wishes, um, take it to court, Mm. let the courts decide, or just do it without approval? Well, I guess it comes down to a lot of discretion. I mean, court, I don't know if they're really going to... Here's the thing about court is unless there's a reason to keep the kids away, the court's never going to tell you no you can't have you can you can basically have anyone around your kids you want you know until it becomes an issue Um, and even then (laughs) let's just suppose that a dangerous person was around these kids you would have to have like an investigation that's it you there has to be proof of all of this and it has to be like a a big it has to be a bigger deal than Mm -hmm. you even think it is so it's kind of a a thing and then the problem with court is it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of resources. And rather than going to court, why not pour that time, money, and resource into your family, into your um, household, and just better the situation, you know? Um, one thing I would say about this, though, is, you know, how new is this relationship? How long has this been going on? Do you have that type of information? Nope. Okay. Well, no, no, la- no information beyond okay. what I gave well, you. We're all mature adults here, right? Or some of you more than some of us. Um, I would say really like, you know, if look at it like if the if the tables were turned, if this is your ex and they want to bring some new boyfriend or girlfriend around for the first time and be around your kids, 
are you okay with that? Who is this person? How long are they there? What's your intent with them? You know, what do, do you have a future with them? If this is going to be someone that you see yourself with a long future, like, okay, maybe. But if this is just a, you know, a spring fling, if you will, um, and they're only going to be around for a little bit and you don't really have long-term intentions with them, like, yeah, maybe maybe hold out because this is going to affect the kids. And um, that's something just being a part of a blended family and a blended life is everything we do now affects our children. Yeah, I love that advice. I think that, you know, the biological parent, your partner in this situation needs to discern who you are in their lives, you know, and I, I agree if you're, if you're somebody who's going to marry into the family or be around long term, then I would say, meet the kids, like go for it. No court unless you're dangerous would say, I, I mean, I, I've been told that, you know, we have the right to do, everyone has the right to do and raise these kids up the way they see fit as long as there's no abuse. Um, and even then that's hard. Even to then prove. that's got to be proven, which yeah. is so, so sad. It's got to be, so. it's got to be so much further than what we think is terrible for the, co- for the court to yeah. really side with us. And, and court, family court anyway, in California anyway, is very subjective. Absolutely. There's not really, there's not law. Like I blew my mind in California family law. I, I, and here's also good advice that I would give to anyone if you, before going to court, before you go down that road it, with anything, go pay an hour and sit with an att- a family law attorney for an hour. Pay their hourly rate and ask them all of the questions. I have done this, and it has put me in check. You know, things I thought I was going to fight to the death around, the attorney's like, this is a, a, no judge is going to agree to this, or no judge is going to side with you or your ex. Like, this is nothing to go to court over. And it was really helpful for me. It helped me calm down and have reality checks, even if it was hard and things I didn't want to hear. So, um, you know, before you ever go to court, I would I would say that. And make sure it's an attorney that you trust, like ask around, because some attorneys are always going to want to court, go to court, right, for yeah, the and, legal and, fee. And but. don't go online. Don't go to, like, some legal Zoom thing and, like, you know, some, some gimmicky type thing. Go find a good... Um, family law attorney in your area and realize that when you are paying these people, this is going to be the smallest price that you ever pay for them. And on average, they're going to be somewhere in the ballpark of $250 to $2,500 per hour. And just know when you go to court, they have to prepare for court. They have to go through all of your documents and all of your phone calls in dealing with this. Like, so we're talking a minimum, and I'm and I'm and I'm being super generous here. I'm saying a minimum of probably twenty to fifty hours to work this out. So you go ahead and do the math and <laughs> see if that works for you. Um, and I want to I want to flip the coin and talk about the other side of this. Sure. Because one thing I've also learned co-parenting, and I'm sure you have too, is, and this is someone writing in who is wanting to meet the kids. This is not the bio parent writing in, right? Right. And so one thing I have to say from the bio parents perspective, when you're trying to co-parent, it's a, it's a fine line you have to walk, you know, not letting them control you. Right. But also respecting them mm-hmm. because you give and you get, you know, and I, I know in our co-parenting relationships, you know, I, I may not always want to grant a request because mm-hmm. I don't have to. Right. My time. Right. But I've learned that when I'm easy with it and when I'm respectful, that does come back around. Sometimes. And so, right, but if I'm a hard ass and I'm like, no, and then I will, don't then respect you. it will never you, come back around. It will never come back around. Right. And it already, it makes a harder situation harder. that much harder. Yeah. So what I will say to this person who wrote in who is not the co-parent to you might need to just, it might be the most loving thing you can do is patience. Yeah. Because co-parenting with a with a hard ex, you know, requires a lot of finesse and a lot of, um, you know, over, like, time helps things. So you might just 
give grace and give patience. And some exes really have to just come around to the idea that somebody new is in their child's lives. That's really hard for parents. And they feel threatened. You know, they feel they have all these feelings, especially I don't know how this marriage ended in the first place. Um, so I, I also want to want to give that perspective that if you're not the co-parent in the situation and you're the the new partner, you might just calm down and and give it grace and not um, not nag or be on your partner's back for like pressuring them right. into something that they not may not be ready to do and you really need to trust them. That's one thing I think Eric and I have done well. We don't always agree how we co-parent with our exes. Right. We would do it differently. But we extend that grace. Like, I have to trust that you know your ex-wife better than I ever will. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you're going to handle it in the best way possible. And that's been frustrating. And and vice versa, The neat thing about about, uh, about us doing it that way is it has allowed both of us, it's forced both of us to grow. And we have both grown in places that we probably wouldn't have you know if, if i controlled the situation of you and your your co-parenting or you controlled the situation of me and my co-parenting that just that just continues down a one-way path where as we allow to each other to really co-parent in our own ways it has allowed me to see how that plays out for you and vice versa and that really has made me grow and i know has made you grow in your co-parenting and over time you know, uh, uh, talking to the person who wrote in about this one, if you have intentions of this being a long-term thing, it's the over time. This is gonna this is gonna minimize. It's gonna really yes. simmer down, and it's gonna be it's gonna be so far in your past so quickly that this won't matter to you. So, if you have intentions of this being a long-term relationship, just tread lightly. And go into this, you know, um, having the the children and, like you said, the co-parenting in in mind. And before you know it, it'll just it'll be a smooth sailing, yeah, situation. And if you if you're gonna create a pressure cooker situation because you're impatient or insecure or you know want to pee on your plot, <laughs> you then you know, that's going to set the tone for your whole relationship and this whole blending of the family. But if you're able to come at it with patience and grace, that also will set the tone for how the kids are going to be okay with you um, and accept you when they do meet you. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, there's both sides of it. There's yeah. always both sides of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, moving on. All right. You ready? So this person is actually um, an avid listener, and and I've, I've thanks we messaged back and forth a few times. So they know who they are. Yeah. Thanks for knowing who you are. <laughs> I know who they are. Oh, I don't. Um. So so she was asking about like consistency and boundaries. Okay. And she was worried that a con- a boundary that they want to set in their home for the kids and consistency with that. She was concerned that that would create parental alienation. Mm. And I'm going to read this because I asked for more specifics beyond that. So that's kind of framing what I'm going to paint the picture now. Sure. All right. So she says, bio mom has visitations that she has not taken since Halloween Mm. because she is required to have Soberlink in order to get her visit. But she has not yet been able to continue paying for it, so she hasn't seen her kids since then. She is consistent on calls every other day and continues to promise over and over things that she cannot keep. When you watch this, this almost gets to a point where the phone calls aren't even for the kids anymore. They are more for her. Maybe an ego thing. I don't know. But it's not productive, and the kids just want their mom to show up or pay her Soberlink to get their visit with her. At what point, this is the question, at what point can you just say enough is enough and not make the kids call when she wants to talk to them? I don't know. It really sucks watching her drag them along her stories and bragging what she does without them because they live full time in our house. This is the stepmom writing in. Yeah. This is a tough one, but you know what? Like, this is, 
my advice on this is something that is going to be so much easier to say and so All much of this harder is. to do. <laughs> yeah. Make it about the kids. Like if you guys can somehow afford this, maybe provide the service. You the know, sober if, if they service. Can, if they can pay for it. Mm. And I know that sounds super hard to do. You're like, gosh, but she's putting it all out on social media and it's, and it's such a, you know, it's such you're it's a parade, if you will. Right. It looks like such a parade. Like we're, we are just getting on this bio mom's float, her parade float. And we are going down this just terrible parade path with her. But at the end of the day, it's not about bio mom. It's about these kids. And if you see that it's breaking these kids heart, and it's and and they're on they're on this path already, but all this path is doing is hurting them. Then if we can help this path at least get greener, if you will, then at least at the end of the day, you did everything that you could for these kids. And as they get older, yeah, they're children right now. They're little. Their their minds aren't thinking about this. They don't know what goes into this stuff. But as they get older and and you know they are mature adults, they're gonna know what you did for them. And that's going to make your relationship better with them. And if their relationship's better with their mom, whoever their mom is, it doesn't matter truly who she is. But if if they get to see who who their mom is because of this, it's only going to create a better relationship for you, for them. And, it, and it's going to create healthier people mm-hmm. growing up. And it, again, easier said than done. But if it's something you guys can do, and it, and trust me, so much easier for me to say this than it is to live this out. But if it's something that can be done and will help these kids and help this relationship, these kids are going to be healthier and they're going to be happier in your home. So no, I I, <laughs> I love that advice so much. That's amazing advice. I wouldn't have thought of that. that what would, would you have thought of? I'm I'm curious to hear what you. Oh said. no, I don't but have anything because there's always two that. sides to this coin. No, like, no, okay. no. That's that is ideal. And it is a big ask. That's a huge, it's a huge ask. It's, it's a, a lot of swallowing ask, yeah. pride. I'm, ju- you know, I was just thinking, like in our house, would we fund that? And that's why I'm like, man, this that's is hard. a hard thing to ask. Because yeah, I'm like, it's great advice. You know, I don't know. I don't know this lady. I don't know this mom. I, and it sounds like she's got her priorities a little mixed up. Yeah. You know, and and whether she's sober or not, you know, it's like, well, you know, you. You're sad about your kids and not being able to see them, and and she's only making the phone calls for her. Well, I kind of get that. Like, of course, you miss your kids. You want your kids. You want to be around them, you know. But if if she can make these phone calls and see them now Mm -hmm. in in person. Especially if that's what they want. If the kids really want to see mom, then how can we help the kids see mom? But this might help mom clean up her act, too. Yeah, you know, and, and you and know, an act of love would change things. Like, hey, yeah. you don't, yeah, for that's, her. That's what I'm saying, and it might help bring her up. But at the end of the day, these kids are going to be healthier adults one day because of something like this. And maybe you don't pay for all of them. Maybe it's like, hey, we're going to do this, you know, once a month or twice a month for you. We expect you to save up and, and you know, maybe start with she's got to pay for one a month, and you guys are going to pay for two a month, and give a little if if you can you know and again it's mm-hmm. easier for me to sit here on my soapbox and talk about this but if it's something that you can do or someone around you can do you know like that's so good yeah. okay so mo- i, I want to take this and say that like that's the ideal yeah. i think i that's i love that's wonderful advice cuz again it's not it's not about mom right it's about these kids so here's what happens if that doesn't work out for whatever reason say she doesn't accept it you know, she will not accept this and she will not do what she needs to do. Even if it's paid for, yeah. she's not going to go take the test or whatever. Like, let's just say, or they can genuinely cannot afford it. Yeah. Um, and this does not happen. When is enough enough for these kids? What What would you say about that? I don't think enough's ever going to be enough for these kids. And if I mean, like putting down the law of like stopping the calls. If the calls are tearing them up, you would uh, yeah, never stop still, the calls. No, I don't think so. It's still it's it's part of it, you know. It's like, um, when do you stop letting your kids be a part of BioParents' life? You know, if they aren't living a healthy life, like you kind of can't. You have to always kind of keep them part of their lives because if the kids can't learn who their parent is, one day 
they're going to get curious and it's not going to obviously be now. It might be when they're 15 years old. It might be when they're 25 years old or 35 years old, they're going to want to know And what it's going to do is it's going to take them down such a rabbit hole in order to figure out who their true mom is. And they either need to start figuring it out now and learn it for themselves, or they're going to have a hard, this is going to become a hard part of their adulthood, Mm -hmm. figuring out who mom was and who their identity is. And, it's just going to cause so many mental health issues, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's, I love that also. And, you know, I think better the kids learn hard truths yep. in the safety of your home. Yes. Um, where, where they can ask questions. When and, they're and, gone. Yeah, and, yeah, and really get to know who mom is. And if you, going back to the very beginning of that question you just had, if, if they can't afford it or mom doesn't accept it or anything, at least you have done a part to push forward on this, you know, and you'll, you'll always be able to hold your head up high to the kids and be like, Hey, we did our best. We tried our best. We did everything that we could for you. This isn't on us. This isn't on you as kids. This is on mom. Yeah. You know? And I do want to say, if you feel like the kids are really um, like, their mental health is suffering because of this, then I would go get a psych eval. I would go get the kids in therapy and have a therapist talk to them. I think that, and that might be a great thing anyway, if this is happening with their mom, there's a lot going on for these kids that you can't possibly help them through. Um, And they might need a, a, a safe place to go unload and work through some of that stuff. So um, regardless, I would try to get these kids support. And, um, if you are super concerned, you can get a psych eval just to see like how it is affecting them and have some documentation around that. Um, because if it ever did come to court, this, this sounds like something that would go to court. You know, if, if you stopped having calls and then by a mom goes back to court over it, um, you're going to want documentation anyway. So, I think for the for the benefit of your your peace of mind, the kids always can use support and for documentation just to save your asses later. Um, you know, go go get a psyche eval, go get some mental health support, um, and maybe for yourself too. This is really hard. I I mean it. It's it's hard for the kids, but as a step parent, to watch unhealthy relationships and like unfold with people you care about in your own home is a really difficult thing. And to feel like you, you, you know, what do you do? You don't really have control as a step parent as far as, you know, you have influence for sure. But, you know, these kids, um, you know, you don't have legal um, control. So get yourself some support too. get in community, get in front of a therapist, start talking about it. Um, I would love to coach you. There's that. Yeah, what a, I mean, what a tough situation. It's a but, really hard thing. But I'm glad you brought that up about the coaching because as you're saying this, I'm thinking like, man, what a tough situation for everyone. But if everyone can have someone that helps them and gets them through this, like you'd be perfect for mom or dad or, you know, um, you now do mom and dad at the same time, you know, coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to get them to a place where they realize like, I don't know, I, I Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Would that, that's something you could do. I could do that. I do do that. I do. Yeah. I you do do. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah. Coaching is really about moving forward and getting unstuck and showing up differently so that your experience can shift. You know, um, it's really hard because none of us, uh, I think we get in a victimhood mentality a lot in blended families. Um, you know, and, and nothing's ever our fault. It's everyone else's fault. It's the kid's fault. It's the ex's fault. It's my spouse's fault. Um, it's my it's circumstances. I, I can't control anything. So none of this is my fault. And when you start down that path where nothing is your fault and you're a victim, that is the very definition of powerlessness, right? There's like despair, there's hopelessness, and it's just going to breed more of the same. If you're a victim, nothing can change. And that's the mentality we have. And it's a falsehood. The minute you take responsibility for yourself and your experience, then you take your power back. People always want to know how to take their power back. Own 
your shit. Take responsibility for yourself. And I think when you take your power back, that's a place of empowerment because now I can change things. If I take responsibility, that means I'm back in control. And the truth is, is that we are in control of our experience. So if you show up differently, right, if you change and you transform and you step into a higher version of yourself, then relationships are going to force to be shit, to shift, to rise up to meet you or not. Either way, your experience changes. So this is the coaching journey. And it's super amazing because powerlessness is something that blended families, everybody, I don't care if you're an adult or a child, um, any. Any individual in a blended family struggles with this on some level. Um, They feel like they're a victim of circumstance. They're just, they have no, I mean, and that's a really, you can do life that way if you want, but it's it's not sustainable. You know, you will explode or you will leave or you will get an addiction or you will go drain your bank account. Like you'll start drinking. Like there's, you, you can't sustain that level of despair. Um, And this is a big reason why blended family marriages and, and, you know, don't make it because everyone's a victim and nope, that you, that's not sustainable. So coaching is a great thing. And I am doing couples now. I'm kind of, I'm very discerning with couples. So I will meet with you one-on-one first to make sure everyone's on the same page and truly wants change. The thing about couples that I need to kind of talk about is if only if one person is dragging the other person into it, it's not going to work and I will not work with you. If both people are showing up and they're like, we both really want to change, that is my ideal client, couple client. So um, you have to be ready to invest in yourself and your marriage or your relationship and you have to really want change, both of you. And then that will definitely work and we can go on that journey and I'm happy to do that. Um, but I, I do have kind of a, a process to kind of weed that out. Yeah. So um, if, you th- if you think that's you or you and your spouse becoming mm-hmm. or just go straight to the source at becoming now at gmail.com yeah. and get a hold of Julie because she will help you change your life. Oh, well, thanks. Um, consistency. I, I just want, before we move on from this mm-hmm. topic, consistency and boundaries is really important and I do think to her original question if she sets this boundary of like you're not talking to mom until she gets sober link would you consider that parent alienation I would you you would yeah is that what you're saying I would okay would you um uh, again I would lean more of that way but yeah, if yeah, because you got again, you, it's about the kids. You got to look out for the safety for the kids. Like you've got to keep them safe at all costs, but you also need to keep them safe. Safety comes also hand in hand goes with healthiness. So you got to keep them safe, you got to keep them healthy, and you really have to be thinking about the kids, not about what you want because this is the way to get an upper hand or this is a way to get ahead, or this is a way to have control. Ultimately, it needs to be about the kids and what's going to keep them healthy and safe. Yeah, and I'm always I'm always going to be an advocate for kids having a relationship with their parents. I'm, I'm always, I, unless it's truly abusive and truly unsafe, yeah. I'm always going to be for kids having access to their parents always, yeah, and, and always, people, but people always. are always going to be like, yeah, but their parent, this, their parent, that. And but I get that. But well, yes, 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 <laughs> it's hard on them. Yes. 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 It's all hard on them. Not talking to their parents right. is going to cause a whole, like I, I, I can speak to this as a, as a, <laughs> as a child that went through this and having children who went through this, not being allowed to talk to your biological parent, regardless if it's hard on them or not is a mind fuck. Sorry. Being a kid who had to go through that and having children who weren't allowed to talk to me when they were young is a mind fuck. And yes, it's hard. It might be really hard to have them talk to mom and not see them. But the other side of the coin is harder. So choose your hard, right? And so I, I'm saying, that's why I'm saying, if you truly feel that it is unsafe for them to talk to mom or it is doing irreparable damage, then you go get a professional to discern that. 
first before yeah, don't, you were and, to, yeah, to and don't make away. the decision yourself. But what I was also going to add there is being an advocate for the kids, being able to see their parents. This is also being an advocate for you because what this is going to do is it's going to give you the cleaner path to healthiness in a whole as as these kids get older because these kids are going to know that you truly are on their side that you truly have done everything that you can and if it doesn't work out with the other parent that does not fall back on you so so you being the one that allows them to have the relationship and allows them to have a little bit of give and a little bit of play and allows you know them to to be able to actually see and have a relationship and even if you have to tweak the rules a little bit as long as you're keeping them safe it's going to keep them healthy in the long run so if we can do this and we can be the bigger people if you will in this situation and sometimes and let me tell you a lot of times it does not feel the best as as you're doing it it's like all your friends are going out to the mall as a kid and they're all going to spend and buy and and do all these things what it feels like is you're the kid at home saving your allowance but as you get older now all of a sudden you have all the money and this is what it feels like as a parent like yes we did all the hard things but now as you get older and I'm really starting to see this as our kids are getting older and we have done this stuff I'm like wow we have money in the bank now I feel like we can hold our heads up high. Like I can have an honest conversation with any of our kids about how we have raised them and how we have parented them because all of our kids are getting to that age where they think for themselves now. They can talk to their parents if they want now, you know, and uh, they all have cell phones. I don't know what our kids are doing when they're at school. You know, they have their cell phone. They can reach out to their other parent like, okay, we're not going to stop them now. We're not. They're not in elementary school anymore. You know, and we've three never, out of, we've never, our kids have always been allowed to contact on our end. Yeah. On but our that's end. That's what I'm saying. It feels, it feels like money in the bank, but three out of four them. of our kids drive now. I don't know if they're driving to see the other parent, nor do I care because their other parent is their other parent. Their yeah. other parent should be a safe space. And even if they weren't at the time, our kids are old enough now to decipher. I mean, our, our the other parents are safer than some of the a lot of the kids <laughs> they, they go to school with, you know what I mean? So it comes to a point to where it really separates and it really divides. And now all of a sudden you don't have much say in it anymore. You know, our, our, our three oldest kids are almost 18, uh, 16, and one will be 21. At that point in life, you kind of lose a big grip on truly what they're doing. I mean, the 18-year-old and the 21-year-old we really have no say in how that parenting goes anymore. So now knowing how we parented in the past, I'm like, okay, well, we gave them the best guidance. Everything that we did, we were honest to and stayed true to. And I'm all right with that. They now have drawn up their own decisions. Yeah, kids will always figure out the truth. That's it. it for themselves, like their truth, their right? Truth. Their That's experience. What, yeah. And that too, like their experience with their parents are going to look very different than our experience. I sure hope so. <laughs> like They're going to have their own experiences and your truth is not going to match their truth. And their experience is not going to match your experience. And their discernment is going to be different because of it. And so you just have to believe that um, they will be, they will, they will figure it out. You do not have to sway kids to your side kids will figure out well and vice yeah and and vice versa know that you don't need to sit there and prove the other parent wrong um prove the other parents lies about you wrong and i know this is one that you struggle with a lot because you're like there's so much said about me and there's so much brainwashing that's gone on and it feels like you're constantly under attack and you constantly have to stick up for yourself right and i and i've been there And you guys might feel the same way, but just know that like Julie was just saying, your kids are going to get to know their own truth. So if you can stick true to who you are and you can raise these kids and be in this family honestly, then you have nothing to worry about. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be like, I did everything right and right by you. And who cares what the other person said? Because you know who I am now. You've lived with me for 20 years, 25 years. You know who I am. 
and the kids eventually figure it out for themselves. 25 years, huh? <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, we got, man. We got, we got a few more to go. Um, all right, moving on. So this person says they want to be anonymous, of course. Anybody, anytime anybody writes in, you're anonymous. You're all anonymous that goes without to me. Saying. Um, they say your podcast has really opened my eyes to a lot of this and a lot of healthy conversations in our home. I hope you can give me an insight into my current situation. I have been told by my husband's adult daughter, she's over 30 years old, okay, that her unborn baby will never be my grandchild. <laughs> I mean, uh, what a sad thing to say to someone. Like People are weird. Yeah. Um, and she goes into, like, who everyone is. I don't think we need to say that. Okay. Um, he, she says, my husband is in my grandkids' life by choice. They live in another continent, so we see them only twice per year. Dang, His, that's still a long time. That's still a lot. That's still a lot per year for being on different continents. I have continents. friends who live 45 minutes away, and I see not even once a year. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> that's for you guys. That's a, that's a win. Yeah. His eldest is not too far from us. She's expecting her first child and my husband's first biological grandchild. Okay. I don't get along with her. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, right from the beginning. But I respect her and will avoid confrontation by walking out every time she pushes my buttons. Okay. Boundaries. My husband has since noticed her behavior and Good. told me he understands why I choose to nacho her. Nacho yeah. kid. Yeah. Not my problem, right? Yeah. So here I am. She's pointing out that our blended family has only one grandchild, her unborn child. Okay. And she does not want me to be part of its life. So now am I supposed to leave our home when she comes to visit? Nope. Would you? Nope. <laughs> nope. I agree. <laughs> I need to repeat That's myself? <laughs> nope. Yeah. No, you're home. Like, if, if she doesn't want to come to your home, then your husband can go. This is going to take a lot of grace for your husband. Your husband's in the middle. Your poor husband. I know. And what this a sucks. sad, like, sad. welcome to blended familyhood again. It never like, stops. It's all, starti- it's all starting over. Like, and I'm, I'm laughing about it, but I'm laughing about it because, like, the irony of it, you know? Like, how sad. But this isn't a your problem. This is a her problem. Yeah. And it sounds like you're being a mature adult and doing the right things and um, making the right decisions. And you know what? If she comes over when you're there, like, wonderful. Don't, like, don't make a... Don't say a, she can't come if you're there. Yeah. But you don't leave. No. It's your own. And, and show <laughs> up and just and be as sweet and happy and as excited as you feel that day on that day. And whether she calls you a grandparent or not, like, you are. And, and make and it all about the kid, too. That's like it. you're it's all about if that's if it. you are ever around this kid, um, whenever that happens, if it's day one or day nine thousand, you're going to just make it about the kid because this isn't the kid's fault. Yeah. No yeah, matter and, and Christmas what. comes around whether she likes you or not. If you're you, buying gifts for this yeah, kid. If you want to buy gifts for the kid, you do. You do, and they're from you. Yeah. And, and if she does if she chooses not to, that's on her. If she yeah. or chooses not to give them to her or or yeah. to the kid or, or whatever, that's on her. But you do exactly what you want to do and how you want to do it. Yeah. And do it with your head high. Yeah. And it's your home, so nobody gets to force you out of your home. Um, and that, you know, I do see how this could create marital conflict if your dear husband is. No, it sounds like he's on, like he knows, like he sees into this. And, and, and you know that he knows. And, but also know that he's in the middle of it. It's really hard. Yeah. I would love your husband through this and extend yeah. to him, you know, he's going to act out because this is, this is emotional stuff. I mean, this is his kid and his grandkid, his first biological grandkid, big deal. And so he's, he's going to and have feelings about it. It's going to suck for him. And it's your first grandkid. It's celebrate it. Don't be like, just because she, she has grandkids. She, oh, she does. Remember? No. <laughs> They're in continents <laughs> no, away, and she's got grandkids. I, I got so confused. Yes, and you get to see them, tw- and she gets twice to see them twice a year. A year. Yes. She's way better than us. Um, she has grandkids. So, you know, don't and, and don't block your husband from seeing his grandchild either. Don't make him feel bad about it. Don't 
make him have to pick and choose if he wants to leave because she won't come to you. Allow that. Yeah. Allow him to have relationship um, with his daughter and his grandchild, and they can do it away from you. That's going to be an unpopular piece of advice, I feel, but I would never ask you not to have your grandchildren. I just try to put myself in, like, I would never, I would never not, uh, like, a lot, like, try to make you feel bad about having a relationship with a grandchild. Yeah. I no, couldn't imagine. Have, no, you have to be all right with it. Yeah. And it's all right for you to have, you know, send stuff with them. Right, yeah. And yeah. Just like I said, just do you. Be and all you right know, whenever you let love in, you know, hate just breeds more hate. So if she hates you and you're, you're you know, you see that because I know that you're respectful of her and you leave. But if you hate her back, it's never going to grow. Right. Hate just, you know, and disappointment breeds more disappointment. So if you're always disappointed, you're just always like more of the same. Like it doesn't change anything. But what does change things is is when you can let love in. And so if you can show up in this situation with compassion and let love in, however that looks, um, that softens heart hearts over time even yours. So, um, you just lead with love. That would be, and that's hard. You know, I mean, we, we had a whole podcast on love and, and the biblical definition of love and it looks nothing like feelings. <laughs> you know, feelings aren't even in the, in the biblical definition of love. A romance is not in there. Um, idealism isn't in there. Fantasies aren't in there. Emotions aren't in there, right? It is like patience. It is kindness. It is the acts of love have nothing to do with that. So if you can just show up that way for your husband and for her, I think that is your best chance of surviving this, um, keeping your mental health intact and also your marriage um, intact. You have to lead with love here and be respectful of, of your husband and just be his cheerleader and supporter and and uh, get yourself some help because it's all it's this is hard for everyone. There isn't one person in the situation this is easy for. I could imagine even the daughter. I mean, she's living with all kinds of hate. Yeah, that's all. That's all deep within her. That which from the sounds of it. That's so, sad. yeah. Anything else to add to this or move on? No, I think, I, I think, no, no. It's <laughs> just it's, it's a sad situation. Yeah, it just it just reminds me this never is going to end, is it? Cool. Cool. Um, We're in it, you guys. We're in it. (laughs) Here we are. We're in it. Yeah. Uh, The grandparent thing. I I can't. I'm really excited. (laughs) You're almost of age. I'm almost of age. Oh, man. Um, Okay. Last question before we wrap things up. Okay. Um, (laughs) This person says, hello. From what I can tell from your podcast, you are from a larger town. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, However, I am from a small town, us two. Us two. We live in a very small town on the central coast of California. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's been in relationships with everyone. And if you poop, somebody can report back. (laughs) They all smell it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we know what color it was, the consistency. Yeah. We all, and we all step in it. Yeah. So our town is very small too. Um, Okay, when my husband and I started dating, so they're married. Okay. Um, I'm, I had I'm trying to keep track here because I'm not good at the track keeping. Okay, when my husband and I started dating, I had been divorced for two years. He had been divorced for a shorter time, okay. separated for about a year before it was finalized. They had some issues for a while, but when we started dating, she started telling everyone... We had been having an affair, (laughs) even though it was untrue. Mm -hmm. Fast forward six years, and we still hear about how he cheated on her with me and how pathetic I am for being the other woman. Any advice on how to shake this off when approached? I'm laughing at this, and you know exactly why I'm laughing at this. Why am I laughing at this? Oh, because both of our exes have peddled this story about us which is so insane (laughs) i'm like are you guys us in your small town (laughs) yeah because which is which is crazy because we have a similar um i don't know about the whole story but we have a similar story like this and we had been both separated and divorced long before we ever started dating i got cheated on 
by my ex. So that that's even what started our whole thing. And um, it's just one of those things that you're just like, how does this work out? Yeah, I, I'm like, I, <laughs> there's so much I want to say. Do it. That's why we're respectful. here. Say it. Come no, on. I think I let's think, hear the real Julie. Uh, um, the real Julie is a hurt Julie because the real Julie, it deeply cuts me to have lies said about me. Like yeah. it, it, it hurts. Well, I think it hurts all of us. Like none of us want rumors and lies yeah. said and spread about us. Like, you it know, hurts. especially when you have a heart for other people and you have a heart for relationships and in even the relationship you were in, even though they might be terrible people now and you're starting yeah. to really see it. Yeah. When we were in those relationships, we took them seriously and you know, it, it hurts. And it's hard too, because the people that are, that are saying the most vile things I actually deeply have love for. So like your ex-wife who has just said the most awful things about me, mm-hmm. um, I really have always respected her as as the mom yeah. and and loved her and been her advocate. I, I, and I've told her this. This is nothing new. She knows this. I'm like I, I've in our home. I have been in your corner and your advocate. Sometimes to like our our detriment in a conversation. Right. Yeah. You're like so frustrated with me when I'm advocating because she but is this the goes, mom. This goes back to the beginning of the podcast when we're like we co-parent differently. That's part of it right there where it's like we've learned from one another. We've grown from one another because we stick true to we don't just go down each other's rabbit rabbit holes with one another. We we really um, challenge and grow from one another. Yeah. And so, you know. I'm not perfect, but one thing I'm I am proud of is that I really am who I am and I don't I don't allow those things to change who I am, like when I hear the lies that are said or the accusations or whatever that's been said, I don't, I, I, and same with my ex and his wife, um, you know, I try just to be who I am and, and I've been an advocate for all parents, you know, all bio parents I've been, I've been an advocate for. My kid's stepmom has been a little bit harder because she's not, (laughs) and I say that I'm also a step parent, so I don't think I'm the parent. I don't pretend to be the parent when I'm not the parent. So I have a harder time being an advocate for my kid's stepmom because she's just not the parent, but she really wants that control. And so I, I that's a hard that's a hard for, uh, one for me, but I do try to support you, my kid's relationship with I'll her say and you see support, the good. You support respect in all yes. relationships, and I think that's the big picture. Yeah. So we so I all that to say I'm kind of going off on a tangent is we really understand what you're going through. Um we have been accused of having an affair even though I mean stepmom was talking to my ex-husband before you and I were ever talking. Right. Yeah. So I mean the timeline doesn't it's it's crazy. No, but here, but and yeah. and because we were friends first for a long time. Yeah, like Not genuine even like a friends. Couple weeks or a couple like months. We, we had nothing romantic going on. You and I were dating we still other people. Don't. It oh. was funny. Like we were, <laughs> we were dating other people though. We yeah. were seeing other people when we were friends after our marriages. Like it's so it's just wild, and it, it and so it's gonna affect you. I guess what I say is it still affects me. And here's what's really sad is I will say that a child of mine is under the illusion that that did happen. Because that's what has been told, and that's not the truth. And it's it's just something that you have to lay your head on your pillow at night, and you know the truth. God knows the truth. You know, all these people are going to have to answer for it later. You know, I know that Eric and I never had an affair. That never happened, not even a little bit. Um, and people are going to talk, and so you just have to know who your friends are and you just have to stay you regardless of regardless of what other people are doing you have to remain consistently authentic and yourself so the second you change who you are or sink to their level or start gossiping about them you're you're not being your authentic self, and now they have more power over you. So you just kind of have to weather the storm. And 
you know, find find joy in the discipline of it all. You know, it does feel very good to stand tall regardless of what shit show comes my way. Like you aren't going to break me down. You aren't going to to change who I am and that feels good. So now when I hear rumors cuz what we're 10 years in and small town talk hasn't stopped, right? I still hear things. I still see things. You know, stepmom and bio mom still post things on social media. It doesn't stop. And so you just have to, one, not look at social media. And two, when people come talk to you, and if you have friends that are coming to you and and wanting to share this, because I had... I have friends who are like, I just want you to know what's being said. I had to ask them to stop. Like, thank you. Like, I, I can't hear it anymore. I'm very well aware that they're saying bad things about me. Like, now, I, I don't want to hear. Like, please don't share that Now that you've anymore. asked them to stop, and this has been years now, mm-hmm. and they have stopped, mm-hmm. do you, in hindsight, wish, like, oh, man, I wish they would still be telling me? Or no. how's this played out for you No, because it's later? not new. In the beginning, I, I, I wanted to know everything. In the beginning, I really wanted to know everything. I wanted to know what but was being now, said. But now it's like, I'm like it's you, not new. what you don't know doesn't hurt you, right? Yeah, it's not, and it's not new. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like... Yes, I know you well, don't like me. Yes, I know that you think this, that, and the other thing. Yes, I know that you're going to rip me an asshole. Like, I get it. I, I, yes, we know. We're, it's, it's just tired. The fun part about it's all exhausting. this for me was, and if you, you've got to get over the hurt of losing friends and quote-unquote loved ones around you um, who you think are friends and swear they were friends because what this does is this really – this really sifts out everyone in your life, in your town, in your path. And what you do is you watch everyone get sifted out and all these people who you thought cared about you and that you probably genuinely care about, all of a sudden you're watching them get sifted out and um, before you know it, you truly figure out who your real friends are. And the neat thing about that is you have these yeah, I mean, in my situation, you go from 200 friends down to, like, five friends or ten friends. You know, you're like, dang, these are good, solid people that know me, trust me, love me, don't care about these rumors. But the neat thing is watching that, it's it's really, it's like, um, it's like a farmer's field, you know? You sift through all the weeds and all the crap, but the fun part about it is, like you just said, ten years later... You're watching all of this new stuff grow back. You're watching all of the real friends grow. You've learned what to look for and and how to trust and how to love people differently. And now these new people, 10 years later, I'm like, I have really, really good, solid friends that even when something minimal happens or something big happens, we're able to get through stuff. And I have just people around me that I know love and respect me. It doesn't matter what my ex says or your ex says about me. They don't care. They it does it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect our relationship. So think of this as a weeding process, you know, and and, and it's a hard process. Don't get me wrong, you know. It it's one that takes a long time, but what comes out on the other side is so much more beautiful and valuable than what you think you might have right now. Yeah. That's really, really, really good. And it, it's astounding because you did not leave your marriage. You did not want your marriage to end. You f- I was around when you were fighting till the bitter end. Like, I, I remember that. And even then, you got blamed for it. Right. That's funny to me. Right. I left my marriage. Mm-hmm. I was the one who said that this wasn't right and or okay. And I won't go into all of that reasoning. But, like, I had to leave mine. Mm-hmm. And, and... So I, I mean, I guess on some level, I'm to blame or whatever. So, so the the shit, were, the shit show that came with that. I mean, well, and let again, me clarify real quick. When you say you were around for mine, I was your mine friend. drug. My, well, <laughs> and mine drug on for three years before it was like finally yeah. like all right, enough's enough. And yeah. through that, we were friends. Yeah, and not, not all of that through like the last. I just year remember of it. your heart. So I just you know for people who have I don't know who if anybody here listening has heard shit about you. I just want to put the record straight that 
you never wanted your family split apart, regardless of like your heart back then. I know hindsight, whatever, but your heart then in that mm-hmm. moment, you know, it didn't matter if she cheated on you. It didn't matter what she had done. Um, you were willing to always take her back and make it work because you wanted your kids and you wanted that family unit. You never wanted that to split apart. And that tore you apart. You were nothing but honorable. You were nothing but trying to hold your family together over and over and over again. I'd watch her come back and I'd watch like you accept that. And I, and I watched that. And, and so uh, any rumors about you are just <laughs> like laughable because seeing that firsthand and taking phone calls at three in the morning when you didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, you were always just had a heart for your family, and that's who you were. Well, that's who you I am. You were nothing. You were nothing different. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, it, it's crazy that yeah, some of the things that are said. So are yeah, just so nuts. we understand a little of what you're going through. So it really, you have to just be all right with who you are, get secure with who you are, and again, this is something that if you're struggling with, Julie could help you with this. So. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> personally, becomingherd.com yeah. or just email her becomingherdnow at gmail.com. But this is a journey that she can help you strengthen you, has a lot of insight on, has a yeah. lot of firsthand knowledge of how to do this. And her and I, uh, yeah, we've both dealt with this, but we both dealt with this differently and mm-hmm. have continued to deal with this differently. Yeah. And we've dealt with other people differently. So really, you guys, if you want to change your trajectory and the path that you're on and really just want to get right with yourself and just live your best life, becomingherd.com. Thanks. And one last thing around this before we button this episode up is, you know, it's all about how you show up in this situation. So you might not be able to control what's being said. You can't control, you know, you can to some extent control what you hear. If somebody is going down, you know, you know when you're going to be told something. You can stop it and not hear it. You do have that power, and so I would start flexing that muscle. You know, I would start putting boundaries up for yourself on social media. Don't follow anyone. Don't go spying on anyone. Because what you look for, you will find. I promise. If people are talking shit. Don't go looking for things, people. don't, Don't do it. So help yourself out here, right? Like, Tell your friends to just keep anything that they hear to themselves, please. Um, Stop spying if you spy. If someone comes at you with a story, you know, you can redirect the conversation or politely just say, you know what, I I can't hear this anymore. Like, uh, you know, let's, let's go have coffee and talk about something else, whatever. So that's something that you can actively do to start helping yourself. And for some reason, should it, should you not be able to filter something you hear fast enough? then you please start seeing it as an opportunity to stand tall, an opportunity to, to strengthen yourself, right? Instead of letting each start, instead of taking bullets, put on some armor and start like figuring out what you're made of. Enjoy the grit, right? You have grit, you have integrity, you know the truth. God knows the truth. So these people can go sit and pig shit. Don't go sit in it with them. You know, and so I think that when you hear this, if you can start seeing these rumors and accusations as an opportunity to 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 flex your muscles a little bit, then it'll start to feel better than just taking a shot and, and getting, you know, bleeding out in front of people. That doesn't feel good. So it's really in all how, in how you approach it. Um, so I hope those are a couple practical things that you that might you might find helpful. That's solid advice that I find helpful. Becomingherd.com. She uh, has lots of it. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's all. That's all, all right. for. If you guys want us to talk about anything that's going on in your blended family experience, write in. We'll be doing this once a month. Um, and I, I look forward to next time. These are always, it's nice to have a break. Even though we end up talking about our life, I feel like we're not actively talking about our life. So but we are. Yeah, that's it. So thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you guys for being here. Like I said at the beginning, if you are not subscribed, subscribe to us, follow us, give us a like, leave us those positive five-star reviews because that helps us just reach more people in community with us in the blended life world. 
But uh, just thank you so much for being here, and we look forward to the next one. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.